0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering Professional Paddle presented by Hugo and Gons. We're on to episode 37. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Hugo. It's great to have you here. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Gons. And just
1: absolutely buzzing that we're managing to watch Professional Paddle again, even though Premier Paddle's not back yet. We've had a few well, really great matches with last weekend's Reserve Cup hosted in Miami. So yeah, as I say, we'll go into a bit more detail in a bit, but just so happy that Paddle's back and obviously Premier Paddle being back end of February. I think it's the 26th of Feb when the first Premier Paddle tournament kicks off. So yeah, just um, the word would be ecstatic to watch all all the top players back on court and basically trying to imitate them on the weekends, even though it doesn't normally turn out. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't think we're at that level yet, but you know, we're getting there. We're we're making progress, that's for sure. But yeah, like you said, I think it's incredibly exciting to have Paddle back. I think also that we've been able to see pretty much every top player now at least play in some sort of match, uh, call it competitive or not. I'll leave that to the players. But I always feel like even though it's technically not competitive, everyone wants to win. So I do feel like players do try to give out their best so we've we've seen them all pretty much out there and and in the reserve cup I think we had a pretty stacked uh lineup I must say much I would argue probably more than the um hexagon cup I don't know what your thoughts were Hugo
1: yeah it's a good point I, I'm not sure I would say more stacked but definitely equally as stacked because even though for example, Coelho and Tapia, the number one ranked pair in the world, currently weren't playing. We did have Lebron Angolan, potentially the most informed player, at least towards the end of last season. So, And then a few pl- players changed in and around. Paquita Navarro wasn't playing the Reserve Cup. So obviously a few big names lacking, but yeah, a great lineup. And just to maybe explain a little bit about the format and what the Reserve Cup has been. So I hosted in Miami. And basically the the man in charge, the man who's moved it is a man called Wayne Boych, who was already very much involved in the World Paddle Tours Miami Open when it kicked off for the first time. And essentially the format of the Reserve Cup has been two ta- teams made up of seven players. And so the matches, well, the teams were determined by the captains. So the captain of each team won was Derek Jeter, famous American sportsman. And the other one was um, Jimmy Butler from the NBA. So two very big names. And the format of how they picked the teams was basically each captain got a pick and they basically took turns to to make the next pick. So obviously a very star-studded lineup, as you can imagine. Like in school, basically. Yeah, literally, exactly. Much like in school, much like when they carry out the NBA draft as well. And it's just, I love watching LeBron James pick like Luka Doncic and that kind of stuff. So very much that kind of vibe. And you can see why it was hosted in America. But yeah, the teams were, as I say, star-studded. And well, one of the teams being headed by LeBron and playing together. The other one headed by Stubasuk and Dineno. So they were the best players respectively. And the format of how it worked was that there were three days of tournament. The first day involved three matches, each counting as one point. The second day was also three matches, but each match counted for two points. And the same pattern for the t- third day, because each match counted for three points. And, well, I'm actually slightly confused into in terms of which team was called what? But one was ke- one team was called the reserve team and the other one was called Team Miami. And it was the team headed by Stupasul Gandineno that ended up winning. So, yeah, it was a great... I, I love the format. And one really interesting thing, I don't know whether you're aware, Gons, but they could... Basically, teams could change their players at any point during a match. So they could swap in and
0: swap out players as if it was football. thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, did I, I I think we saw it... Uh, I definitely remember seeing it once happening with uh, Thalio Rubio joining Coquinieto. But yeah, I wonder how that actually uh, landed with the players themselves. Must have been a bit awkward, I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, from, from watching that... <clears throat> sorry, from watching their reactions, they seemed really... <laughs> they fi- found it really funny. So, as did I, to be fair. And also... I think that was actually the only player change that happened, and it was on a match point, which makes it even more funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think all these little exhibitions. Uh, I really like when they add sort of these sort of things. Obviously, at the end of the day, most of exhibition matches are are, are, are for fun and to for for a country like the like the US, where paddle is just starting to really see like all the best players out there and play as much as possible. So I really like these little sort of twerks, I guess from, from the usual game that maybe make it a bit more exciting, but obviously this is not something that you would want to see carry on in, in, in like the actual uh, competitive season. I totally agree. I don't
1: think any player in the world would want to be swapped out when they have match points in favor or even against there's just, absolutely no chance I mean I guess in a way against if you're playing and maybe your team captain says hey could you swap out for Galan
0: then maybe you can kind of understand it but could you see this could you see this ever for example landing in like the World Cup or something like that it's interesting I don't think so because just the element of fairness would
1: just completely disappear and you'd have players playing so much I mean think about Lebron Galan they would be playing pretty much every single match
0: yeah but then there's the fitness element of it i don't think yeah. they would be playing every single match but anyways it's interesting food for thought uh, just a little up uh, a little fun out there 100 yeah and i did love to see it and well yeah maybe moving
1: a little bit into the matches themselves and before that i did want to allude to the fact that it was such an amazing court and scenario to play paddle i mean what looking at Galan and Lebron's and all the other players' Instagram pages. And it was just the paddle court in the middle of like palm trees and just sunny. And and they were having such a good time. Honestly, it made me so jealous. And I thought that, yeah, they must've enjoyed themselves so much, but yeah, I thought that, well, probably the best match and the one that I most enjoyed watching was the match that took place on the third day. And it was obviously very important because it counted for three points and it was the match involving Stubasul Candineno against Lebron Galan. So obviously a match that we watched a lot towards the end of last season. And actually something that I forgot to mention before when I was talking about the format of the Reserve Cup is it was best of two sets. But if it was one set all, it was a 10 point tiebreaker for the third set. So not a full set in the, thir- in the third set. And... Well, Stupa and Dineno ended up winning that match against Lebron and Galan in the super tie-break of the third set. And yeah, I thought, honestly, I genuinely thought that they all played really, really well. And I was really surprised at well about how well they were playing, particularly given the conditions, because the court was actually slightly humid because it was almost like drizzling a, little bit, a bit and rain happened over the days when the Reserve Cup took place and also it was quite windy. You could see the ball moving a lot in the air. So we know how hard it is sometimes to play on, well, in outdoor court conditions. And I did think that the players lived up to expectations. And however, I did want to highlight a couple of players throughout the week that I thought were particularly, well, performed particularly well. And one of them was Galan. I mean, we know how well he ended last season. And honestly, he was just on absolute fire. Did you manage to catch many of Galan's matches, gone?
0: Yeah, and especially that last one against uh, Los Super Pibes. I thought he played really well there. I think he really carried Lebron, who I thought was probably the worst out of the four. But uh, yeah, I was quite surprised with Galan's level given the stage that we're at in terms of preseason, and we haven't seen a lot of him because this was probably the first time he was actually playing in a in a competition. We had seen Dineno and Stupa in the Hexagon Cup the the week prior, Tejo as well. A lot, a lot of the players, Alex reith as well. So I was, I wasn't given what we saw from the Hexagon Cup. I wasn't expecting. For Galan to be at this level yet, but I was very surprised. And yeah, if LeBron, if LeBron, essentially, I think it all depends on LeBron. To be honest, I think Galan is is got the the ability, and he's he's the number one. If LeBron can match the level that he was getting towards uh, the end of the season, and I'm not even saying sort of the prime LeBron, which I I probably thought that. He was the one carrying Galan in in the first years of their of their partnership. Now I think it's clearly Galan, and if LeBron can get to the sort of level that he was, he showed towards the end of the season. I think that they've got a very good chance to to be the number ones again. I totally agree, and actually, that's a very good point you make about LeBron.
1: I genuinely felt that he was the player that most disappointed me throughout the Reserve Cup. It's not like he played. Really, really badly. But I thought that he made too many unforced errors throughout the three days of the tournament. And also, his attacking prowess was just not there. He was making the wrong decisions. He was getting found out when he was trying to smash. And obviously, he's not being able to smash as much as before due to... it. Well, his elbow, it seems like he's still not fully recovered from that. At least he's not feeling 100% because I'm sure he would try and smash the ball way more and as much as he used to so yeah i was slightly disappointed with his level i thought still was playing well he played as well as he's been playing since last season to be honest and i thought the neno played much better than he played last week at the hexagon cup even though he managed to clinch the title which i was very very surprised about and gone and i agreed on this we thought that final with dayo against thuba and alex we genuinely thought that they were getting dominated throughout the whole match and somehow through believing they managed to turn it around and win it in the super tie break. But yeah, I thought Dineno was far better this week. And yeah, Galan is just on another level right now. I I just think, and I totally agree, I think if Lebron manages to match Dineno's level, then they will, well, they will beat Stubban Dineno more than the times they lose to them because I do think that Galan is a level above Sturba. I just think that he his smash is more well effective and also powerful. His volleying is as well. And he just always seems to be in control. I think Sturba is, well, we've said how well he did last season and he is one of the best players in the world and he's playing probably the best paddle of his life. But I do think that Galan maybe slightly edges him at least in my eyes. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Gons.
0: Yeah, I think both at their best levels, I'd argue, I just think Galan is better because I think Galan has got more weapons and the smash obviously is is massive in battle, especially in, in the uh, the professional level. And while Stupa does have a pretty good smash, don't get me wrong, like it's still very good. It's just not at the, at the level that Galan like, has it. So I almost feel like, both at their peaks galan is an overall more solid player whereas i feel like stupa is like needs to win the point multiple times like needs to work the point really well to then be able to actually beat uh, galan or beat the opposition whereas i feel like galan can win the easy points and can win points very quickly due to the the smash and the overall uh, aerial game i guess but I feel like Galán doesn't need to be, let's say, at 100% to be able to beat Stupa. And I almost feel like Stupa needs to be at very close to 100% to, to be able to do so. Obviously, I'm talking when comparing both players and and the pairs do come into play. So, for example, if LeBron isn't playing particularly well, but then Di the Nenos is playing really, really well, then it, it's it's very likely that the Superbibus can win and the super can they've shown they can be absolutely anybody they can win tournaments there's no question marks there but if i'd have to take one player it'd be Galan for sure in in terms of um and, and even if i just have to let's say if you tell me right now can you build a paddle player like there will be so many like the prototype perfect paddle player like if you think about one person let's say it's almost like the Galan. i think he's got the physique of a, of, a, of an incredible paddle player he's defensively super comfortable offensively incredible but obviously there's a couple of things that i would take from from other players mm-hmm. but uh yeah obviously tapia would be there as well but he's um i hope so Of course, Uh, but I mean, (laughs) come on. Did you see that trick shot from Galan? It's just mind-blowing. He knew exactly the ball. He knew exactly that the ball was going to be there and then he just did it. And the execution was just insane.
1: And how many times have we seen him do that volley where he turns around and he's not looking at the ball? So it just shows that he completely means that and he trains that because you also see videos of him on Instagram when he's training. And a lot of the times they involve one or two of those volleys. So you can just imagine how many times he does it when he's training. But to do it in a match is obviously a completely different level. I did, however, want to slightly counter my argument because I was just thinking about the results of the matches throughout the Reserve Cup. And not only did Stupa win all his matches, which is unbelievable, but he... Beat Galan twice because there was one match where him and Dineno beat Galan and Zalo Rubio and then obviously they beat Leon and Galan in the in well in the last day on the last day. So he beat Galan twice, and the, what I wanted to mention is that I think there's one slight point where Galan is potentially being hindered, and I think it's mentally he's suffering a bit because he's seeing that the players that he's playing with are potentially not at his level. So he has to do more than anyone else on the court. And you could see that when Lebron and Galan were playing Stupa and Dineno. Stupa and Dineno were basically pulling the same amount of weight, Dineno a little bit more defensively, Stupa winning more of the points. But it almost felt like Galan had to pull the majority of the weight in terms of him and Lebron's partnership. And I think that sometimes he loses his head a bit, maybe trying to do a little bit too much, taking a little bit too much of a risk. And I think that's what's leading him to potentially lose those matches. He lost three matches. Well, those two matches against Ubandineno. And within them, it was three separate tie breaks. So potentially that mental side is affecting him a little bit. I don't know. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, Gons, because
0: I just of that aspect and I, I do think it's quite relevant yeah i think later on in the season if lebron doesn't evolve or if he let's just say plateaus and and isn't playing at the level that we've sort of seen or or at the level that at least he managed to get to towards the end of, of the year then i can see that scenario playing out where galan feels like He needs to take on more of the responsibility, which I think is sort of also what we saw when Lebron came back initially and he he had just been injured and obviously he still wasn't 100%. I feel like we saw a Galan that was sort of a bit frustrated in that sense. So I think it can definitely happen. And like I said, it just, to me, the level of uh, Galan and Lebron this season really depends more on LeBron than on Galán. I'm pretty certain that Galán is going to give close to 100%. He's going to be up there. It's more a question of where is LeBron going to be at. And if he's up there, then they'll be very, they'll, they'll be very competitive for the, for the number one. And if he's not, then maybe it'll be more between Stupa and Ineno and uh, I think a very important point which you raised there before Stupa and Ineno is that amazingly they both seem to to put on equal weight, and they're both always pretty much at the same level, like at the same consistently high levels. So rare to see. Stupa or the Neno up and down and and the other B be, be there. They're almost at the same wavelength. And even in, in between matches, you see moments where perhaps perhaps Stupa is pulling the strings, but then Stupa falls a bit, but then the Neno picks it up. And overall, over a course of a season, I just, yeah, they they're just incredibly resilient and consistent. And, and they're both at such a high level. So it'll be very interesting to to see how this season plays out. Agreed. Uh, I really can't wait for it to get started. And just to reiterate
1: and to highlight, I do think that Lebanon is going to have a sensational season. I really don't have a doubt in that. I just think right now, he's not at the level that he wants to be. And I guess it's normal. It's preseason, and we saw how well he played towards the end of last season. But knowing Leberon, he's he's going to want to step that up even more and be even better, particularly on the offensive side of the game. So... Yeah, I do think he's going to reach that. I think it's just probably a matter of time.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think I don't doubt it either. And like you said, it's pre-season. It's the first time that we really saw him play in the year. So I've got absolutely no doubt that, that he'll be up there and his level will be good. Agreed. And
1: actually, just thinking of the Reserve Cup more broadly, it was great to see a brand like Richard Mill take the naming rights and invest money in paddle obviously we've seen richard mill taking the naming rights we've seen big american personalities like derek Jeter and jimmy butler being involved and funnily enough reggaeton artist daddy yankee was also one of the main faces of the tournament so yeah it's just great to see how much interest paddle is generating and how many big names are getting involved because that's what's really going to launch paddle to the next level. And obviously the US has such a big history and long history in racket sports, particularly tennis, but also now with the recent birth of pickleball, which is actually doing really well. And it's definitely going to expand globally. I'm convinced because it does seem like another great sport, but it looks like they're really pushing to, well, invest in paddle and grow paddle in the US. And it I think the U S is a key market for paddle because we know how important the U S is globally in terms of what the market means for the sports world. It probably is the biggest. So yeah. Yeah. It, it was just great to see.
0: Yeah. I actually saw, well, yeah, I, I saw a podcast because it was in YouTube and uh, it was Manu Martin who was getting interviewed by, oh, I can't remember right now, but it was a Spanish podcast. And it was, it was more about the business side rather than like actual talking about professional paddle and stuff. It was more about his, uh, ah, now I remember the podcast was called Bajando Al Barro and, okay. uh, it was, it was very well made. And yeah, it was, it was more about talking about like the paddle as a business and how it's evolved and the different ventures that Manu Martinez involved with with paddle MBA, obviously his, his own academy, his YouTube channel. And, uh, one of the things that he ended up saying was that, like the relevance of the US from uh, with paddle. Basically, he was saying that paddle is going to be, or, or paddle will make it once it's in the US and once it's in China. Those are the two markets that right now are in the very early stage of paddle growth. Obviously, we've got a lot of uh, developed paddle uh, in, in Europe and, and other countries other, other than, than Spain. But he saw, to- he was mentioning how much the US plays a role into developing paddle into a worldwide sport and he said that that is the main market alongside China as well so just well yeah I, was, I mean if you, sorry just thought, yeah I was gonna say just thought I threw throw that out there <laughs> yeah no I mean actually I, I do want to listen to the
1: podcast because I do think that well Manuel Martin is always great to listen to he isn't just a great coach but part of being a great coach is communicating and I think that is his strong point and when we spoke with David Fernandez, he he always says how well Manu Martin communicates and how he conveys his message to all sorts of people so I'll definitely check it out but yeah I, I totally agree I think the US and China are obviously probably the two biggest countries in the world really obviously India as well but yeah just thinking about the size of the markets and if a Sport takes off. You can just think about how many people will play it in China and the US due to just the sheer population population sizes sorry, and also the amount of investment that brands and companies are going to, well, dedicate towards paddle. So yeah, I do totally agree.
0: Nice. So moving on, unless there's anything else that you want to discuss about the Reserve Cup? No, just to say that Two other
1: standout performers for me, Thalo Rubio, who was picked as the MVP of the tournament. I thought he was great. And in that match that he played with Galan against Tupan I, even though you could see that obviously he's not at their level every day, he's not consistently at that level, but he definitely performed at that level. And they only lost that match in, well, two tie breaks, decided it. And... He was playing an actual pair. Still I have played together for years and years. And yeah, it was just great to see that. And I also thought that Coqui played really well. I really liked, well, just uh, overall his performances and the partnership that he, well, he had with Mike Yanguas in one of the matches when they played Baritza Antello. I thought it was really good, particularly defensively. We know how good Coqui is defending his corners and being at the back of the court, but just in transition, he's so fast. And I'm really excited to see how his partnership with John Santh fares this season after such a good, well, debut season last year.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to see both of them. Thalo Rubio is a very good player. I think one of the more underrated, let's say, players outside the top 10. Definitely, so, uh, he was definitely, a, a, and if, if you recall, he had an incredible beginning of, of the year um, last season uh, I believe getting quite far in in this in the initial tournaments, which positioned him quite well to to be at the top of the rankings and all, sort of being that French uh, masters final sort of that 16th uh, ranked so uh so yeah excited to to see him and cocchignito obviously had an incredible season last year so very much going to be on the lookout for next year and how, he will uh he will perform this season. It's going to be very interesting again with John Santh, who probably won the comeback player of the year if, if we were to have to, or, or like he did revelation. actually win that award. Did he win it? Yeah. So um very well, it, it, very exciting pair to be honest. I really like watching both of them play. I think they've they've got a bit of everything, and they're also just genuinely quite nice blokes i think they're actually yeah. so it's quite funny because i feel like they're completely different kokineta peaceful calm cool collected and john Sand is just like the the devil of Tasmania. is that how you say it in english
1: yeah you you do indeed and that's actually a great great expression i totally agree they they do say operates opposites attract and i think it's definitely the case between them two it, it's i'd say it's almost a bit that case with you and me on the court I think I'm probably a bit more hot-headed and a bit more expressive and you're more calm so I think if it works for John Sands and Gogginia hopefully it'll start
0: working for us at some point (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) well that is very true nice so the next topic that I wanted to discuss with you Hugo was the FIP rankings because this is something that we haven't really discussed uh, yet, and it was a big controversial point. And they are obviously now live the rankings, and I there's a couple of names that in particular stood out to me, which um, which might might have stood out to you as well and i wonder how these players feel because they seem to have been the most um affected by the ranking but maybe i'm going to start with uh, with the highest one firstly austin tapia ranked number 6 in the world uh, i think that's uh, probably the one that's going to be the <laughs> going to annoy you the most but then we've got other players as well such as uh we've got other players as well such as Miguel Llanguas, 20th, Garrido, 21st, John Santh 22nd. And then I'm going to go all the way back to Leos Burger, who is ranked, let me see if I find it, 115th, and Dino Livak, 118th. So they're going to have to start from from the qualies, for sure. They're They're not going to get into the main draw, so that's going to be very interesting. But yeah, Hugo, what are your overall thoughts seeing Augustine Tapia number six in the world? Well, I'm very close to turning my mic
1: off and just uh, calling it a day gone, to be honest. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't believe it. I'm. The thing is, is we already spoke about this when it happened and when it was announced that World Paddle Tour results last season were basically not going to count towards this season's ranking. And I, to be honest, I totally disagree it was obvious that the World Paddle Tour was still the main tour last season, or at least equally as important as Premier Paddle Tournaments. And the fact that it's basically been completely ignored, pretty much, even though they say they have taken into account three World Paddle Tour tournaments or something like that, that's just not enough. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that Austin Tapia, who was the best player last season, he was literally voted the best player and obviously ended the season as number one ranked player, well, pair alongside Goyo. The fact that he's ranked sixth is a joke. And however, I I don't even think that he's actually been the most hard done by, because when you look at players like Oswald and Libat, who Oswald almost made it into the master final. So he was ranked amongst the top 20 players, and he's now outside the top 100. That's just so harsh. And it's going to be tough for them, I think, to climb the rankings and they're going to have a tough start to the season. And it's just, in my eyes, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. Just, it's completely just defeated the point of playing World Paddle Tour last season. And one could argue, maybe players should have been a little bit more strategic and just given, well, prioritized Premier Paddle tournaments more, given that they knew the World Paddle Tour was going to finish. But at the same time, until it was actually properly announced, no one really knew how much World Paddle Tour tournaments were going to count. So I just feel really sorry for the players, the ones that have been hard done by. And yeah, there's nothing for them to do apart from hard work and start winning matches and climbing those rankings.
0: Yeah, to be fair, you're, if you're like player, let's say in the top 50 World Paddle Tour, like top 30, you're not going to start playing platinum, like fit platinum tournaments left, right and center just to get even a bit more points because obviously the price money that you're gonna get there is basically nothing. And if you recall, there are only like nine Premier Paddle, Tour, like P1 level tournaments, which is obviously what the top players would, would be playing. But other than that, you're pro- from a price money perspective, you're probably gonna be better off playing a main draw World paddle tour event, rather than going to a uh, Fit Platinum or FIP Gold tournament. Which I think in actually some cases Leo Bourgouet and Antino did, uh, but in any case, I I'm going to be fair though in, in a way that I, I agree with you in the sense that definitely there should have been probably more weight towards World Paddle Tour, and then in addition to that having Premier Paddle the two years of, of like of it counting. Obviously, you know, Pablo Lima like won tournaments, uh, Bella as well. And now they're probably, if, if you look at their true level right now, I mean, Pablo Lima's retired and, and Bela just announced his retirement uh, yesterday. And from a level perspective, he's probably not as, as good as, as his, what his ranking currently suggests he is. And other players like Dino should should potentially be be higher and, and Leos Burger, But at the same time, I feel like no matter how you would have done this, someone someone would have be, be done hard by. So um, so in a way, I guess yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there could have been a I guess a, a good result or or a, or a perfect result that would have made uh, that would have been fair to to every single player. But uh, speaking about those Burred and and livac I think it's quite interesting what you were mentioning about them potentially finding this tough and and, and being and having to win straight on the go again. But I think it's going to be good for them. I think that last season was probably an anomaly. I uh, was hearing as well a, a, an episode from, from our friends at Paddle Up who interviewed Paolo Crosetti and Crosetti was very much more, obviously last season was incredible, but for this season, he wanted it to be just a bit more consistent, a bit more cautious. He's not demanding them to get to two finals like they did last year. And I think this can, this can potentially ground them a bit and let's say, bring them back down to earth and, Making make sure that they're focused and that they get to do the work and that they're they're like working day in, day out and um, and makes them to get that consistency that they essentially need to then at one day reach, reach the top. And given how they play, I'm sure that they'll be up in the rankings in, in no time and, and be a, a name in the main draw as well. I do agree with that. And in a way, it, it could be good for
1: them. Just because they have to go through the quality stages again and prove themselves again, and that will help them in their development. But I don't normally disagree with you much, Gons. But I do. Just I'm completely against how the rankings have been done, and I just think the easy way to do, to well to put the rankings together would have been weigh every single world paddle tour and premier paddle tournament equally. And, well, base them on the points that they were each granting within each tour. And I just don't really see the complexity in that. I just think that that would have been the fairest way. And I genuinely think that way fewer players would have complained if that would have been the way that they would have put the rankings together. But, hey, it's taken place. Tappi has ranked sixth, so his climb to the number one ranked player will be steeper. But I'm convinced he will make it.
0: Yeah, this is motivation as well. I think that if you start the number one, if you start the year number one, there's there's not that edge that you're like, oh, I need to be number one. I feel like if you're chasing the number one, you've got that little extra motivation. So I think this is going to... I think probably Tapia, when he saw this, he felt hurt and he was like, you know what, I'm going to prove you all wrong and I'm going to get that number one spot. So I think it's gonna it's gonna do him well
1: yeah well who knows I mean we're going to be able to watch the race very soon because as I say the first tournament is starting in exactly two weeks so yeah I'm I'm ecstatic to watch them back in action and obviously competing fully professionally because even though the hexagon cup and the reserve Cup have been brilliant, They are just pre-season events and tournaments. And when it matters the most is when the top players play their best. Well, everyone really, but particularly top players. So for example, Alistair Dabia, I thought that his level at the Hexagon Cup wasn't what we're used to. And it is true that he hasn't had a very long pre-season. And also I heard in that, Funnily enough, that interview you just alluded to regarding Paolo Garcetti with Paddle Up. Agustin Dabia had a relatively serious car accident throughout preseason and he had to stay at home for three weeks and basically not play paddle. So, obviously, his preseason is almost a few weeks behind everyone else's. So, yeah, I have no doubt he'll be back with those unbelievable salidas de pista and drop shots very soon. And, yeah, just, just can't wait.
0: Very much so. And I think, Hugo, unfortunately, this brings us to the end of the episode. As always, it's been a pleasure to speak about Paddle with you. And uh, can't wait for this season because it's going to be a great one. And I hope that all our listeners enjoyed it. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks very much,
1: Gons. And cheers, guys, for listening in. I just wanted to actually highlight that I got a message from a fan on our Instagram account just a couple of weeks ago. And, well, I wanted to read it out because, obviously, we're really happy when we get these kind of messages. Yeah.
0: You've been keeping that away from me. They just yes. For, for our listeners, I'm literally hearing about this, like, right now. Yeah, I, I just thought I'd give you a Cheers, surprise. Live. Cheers, have
1: well, I wanted to give you a live surprise and see how you reacted. Much like when you literally told me when we were live that Lebron and Alan had announced that they were going to stick together. So I got you back for that then. <laughs> but, Fair enough. Yeah. So we had a comment by Max Winkler saying that, well, I'll just read it out. Guys, I've been listening to your episodes ever since May, June of last year. Now, after more than a year and a half, I thought I'd thank you for your weekly efforts. I don't know why I didn't do it before, but I just wanted to let you know I really appreciate your podcasts and I'm always looking forward to the new episodes dropping. So, yeah, such a nice message. And I don't know what your thoughts are, on, but these are the kind of things that make us really happy and keep us going. So thanks very much, Max. And, yeah, guys, if you ever have any nice words, but particularly also the bad words, because we want the negative feedback and the constructive feedback, just please hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Whatever you want.
0: Well, let me clarify. Maybe not bad words as such. Maybe we keep it. <laughs> we keep it PG and respectful. But obviously, any feedback, uh, whether it's good or bad, we definitely will take it on board. And uh, we just want to make this as a, as a good listen for you guys as possible. We want to talk about, uh, all about paddle and uh, make this enjoyable. But yeah, Hugo, thanks for for sharing that max uh, you're a legend hope you you hear these words a uh, massive shout out to you and hope you've enjoyed this uh, this episode and uh though my friend we've got a epic season ahead of ourselves so uh, we're only just getting started exactly
1: now it is time to say goodbye so cheers guys have a great week and catch you in a week's time